Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, Good morning. everyone. Good morning, Russell. Morning, everyone. Morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we are alive today. We thank you for this new day. We thank you for this new week ahead that you have given us. A new lease of time added to our destiny. New opportunities that will present itself throughout this day and this week. Opportunities to mend our mistakes from the past. Opportunities to learn something new. Opportunities to walk with you in the spirit. Opportunities to grow on our wisdom and understanding through fellowship with the Holy Spirit and opportunities to add value to other people's lives, to enrich their lives, so that through our life and our interaction with them, they are able to see the Christ that lives in us. We thank you, Father, that you call us here by our names to pour your spirit and your presence into each of us, to pour your wisdom, to pour your word, so that as we meditate on that word, as we reflect on your messages for us, we are able to carry those into our day-to-day -day activities. We thank you, Father, that you pour your peace and your joy into us. And this morning, we want to share that same peace and joy with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and are part of this praying family called by your name. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group all those that have no one to pray for them. We share it with all those that are called Christians but have not yet encountered you personally. You are not yet real to them. And we share it with all those that have willfully gone away from you. Either under a lie or a false religion, false doctrines that have been given to them. Let their eyes be open, Father that they might see you and might turn towards you. As we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name. The name of our maker, our creator, who is able to make every grace abound towards us. The father who is full of grace and his heart is full of mercy, who is slow to anger and is of great kindness the one who is our refuge and our portion in the land of the living, the God of peace, who shall bruise Satan under our feet. And we pray in the name of his son, Jesus, who paid the price that we might be brought out of slavery into the freedom of the kingdom. He is the gate, he is the door, the way and the truth. Our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification and our redemption and we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of resurrection, the spirit of liberty, the breath of the father who gives life to our spirit, who quickens us so that we are charged to hear from you and gain your revelation. The one who heals our backsliding by convicting us, but never willing to condemn. He's willing to work with us wherever we are, no matter even if in the pit, to come down to our level and then raise us up. 
He is our comforter, our strengthener, our standby. The seal of the age to come. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with your word and your spirit. So that when we add prayer to it and we commune with you, that combination makes things move in the spirit realm. And there is manifestation of outcomes that we have spoken in faith. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with angels who destiny help us, with family, with friends, people that care about us and want to see us succeed. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies so that we are made capable and able. We are armored and we are strong to stand in the day of battle. We thank you, Father, that you have given of yourself and never held anything back. And all you want is for us to live a life of abundance and to live a life of dominion. That is what you had in mind for us when you created us, Lord. We thank you, Father. This morning, we get into our reflection. We see that yesterday's reflection was about the Holy Spirit being the new wine. But that he is also rejected by many. And today I'd like us to reflect, to continue on that wine and reflect on the parable of the vineyard. You've seen Jesus gave a parable of the vineyard as well. Today's parable of the vineyard comes from Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 to 17. And I shall read that out quickly. So that's Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 to 17. Now will I sing to my beloved, well beloved, a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest wine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes and brought forth it wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof and it shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof and it shall be trodden down and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold oppression. For righteousness, but behold a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house that lay field to field till there be no place, that they may be placed alone 
in the midst of the earth. In my ears, said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. Here ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of a homer shall yield an ephah. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. And the harp and the viol, the tablet and pipe and wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiced shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled. And the ears of the lofty shall be humbled. Uh, sorry, the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner. And the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. It's very direct in this message here. It talks about the fate as well that awaits those. But let's look at a few key messages here. The first one is God cares for his vineyard. And his vineyard are his church, his people. He said the house of Israel. He set it up on a fruitful hill. Vineyards are usually built on the hillside where they can grow well. Verse 2 says he put a hedge of protection around it. We use that in our prayer as well many a times. He has made all provisions for it and planted the best wine that he considers the men of Judah. He said in the verse there, it was in verse 7. The men of Judah, but in this case, it is us, the people who believe in faith, his people. Do you see Jeremiah 29 verse 11 in action here? He made every provision that is required. He had plans for men to prosper them including a protection around them that, be, that they be kept safe. He prepared the ground in which you could take root and even carved out rocks so that we might work and minister. He says, but the verse says there it brought forth, that is verse 2, says, but the plants... The choicest wine brought forth wild grapes only. That is, man dishonored God and instead of having a good relationship with him, turned hostile. His own people, chosen ones. Even though God made every good arrangement for them. And that brings us to message number two. God expects 
fruit from the vineyard. When he planted the choicest vines and he had done all that is necessary for a good crop, he expects good fruit, a good harvest. And we can produce two kinds of fruit from our life, from our journey. Good fruit that is sweet from a kingdom kind of life or sour fruit from a sinful life. The question we need to ask ourselves is, what does God expect of me? What kind of fruit do I think he desires? And am I producing that in my nature, in my character, in my thoughts, in my words, in my actions? He wants to have the best that we are able to produce. That is why he even prunes. That pruning comes in the way of, in the form of challenges and difficulties at times. So that we can take a step back and see where we were going astray. He wants to have a sweet reward from the investment he has put in us. He made man in his own image and likeness, the choicest wine with all the required character. But we let ourselves be corrupt and produce sin. Each of us get to choose what type of fruit we will produce. And people will remember you for the kind of life you have lived. So each of us have to ponder on those same questions. What kind of fruit do I think God desires from me? And what kind of fruit would others like to see in me? Message number three is God judges that fruit and the wine. What can be done with fruit that is rotten, with wild or with sour grapes? There is nothing that can be done with them. They are not good to eat. Neither are they good to make wine. So God cannot use them. So they have to be destroyed. Have I brought my life to that point where my fruit is unusable for him? Where it is rotten or my grapes are sour? The life that I have produced is only worthless in the kingdom. And so has to be destroyed. And if we see in the passage there, he said the whole vineyard has to be destroyed. Otherwise, it will continue to produce the same kind of fruit. Every tree brings wild grapes only. That is God's judgment. Destroyed so that they will not be able to reproduce that kind of wild fruit again and again. Now from verse 11 onwards, he talks about his people. People who want to enjoy life and take it for granted at the expense of ignoring the Lord's work. That's when he says in verse 13, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. They have chosen a life of sin. And so they shall descend into hell. And that verse 14 is very scary picture painted there. They shall descend into hell. Hell opening its mouth wide without measure. 
And he says, all their glory and everything that they valued, their pride, their ego, their possessions, everything will descend down into hell. That is his warning. Verse 15 says, all those that have their heads up and are wicked will be humbled. They will be brought down to nothing. And all that glory that they bask in out of their own pride will be emptied out of them. Their wealth be given to strangers, people who are not even part of their extended family. And so message number four, it is our duty as Christians to be living examples of the Lord, aligning to his will and his works. And for those that are faithful, they will inherit the Lord's blessings. For the rest, the vineyard will be cut down and will be made into a place where the faithful, whom he calls his sheep, will graze. We see that in verse 17 where he says, Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, after their kind of life. A lot of us who have received salvation freely are doing nothing about it. The Holy Spirit is at the mercy of what we permit him to do. Is it that we lack knowledge? Or is it that we lack the intent? We just take it for granted that we have been saved, so there is no way we can land up in hell. So our job is done. We don't need to cry anymore. We don't need to do anything more for God. We don't even need to know him anymore. Is that what we are doing in our Christian experience? Or is it just that we do not know where to go and we do not know what to do? In which case, we need to open our eyes, connect with his word, start reading, get to know others, join a prayer group, study the Bible with others, meditate and reflect on it, on what is it that God is trying to tell me today. God does not look at the gifts you have, but how you use them to bless others and to bring them into the kingdom. How you collected in the harvest. He said the harvest is rich and plentiful, but the laborers are few. What are you doing with all the skills, talents, resources that God has given you? He has blessed you with success and abundance. And yet, when we ignore his principles from the Bible, we end up in trouble as we see in Deuteronomy chapter 8, chapter 28 from verse 15 onwards. All the curses that are mentioned in there. That brings us back to verse 13 of today's reflection. Where he says, therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. The most important thing I'd like to reiterate here before we close is we get to choose our outcome. Blessings or a cursed life of sickness, poverty, misery and everything else that follows in that list. And all of that is based on our lives, the kind of life we choose to live. I'd like each of us to reflect on the vineyard. And compare that with our personal life. To see what is missing, what is out of alignment. Where have we gone astray and have turned 
out to produce sour grapes in our life? Where have we been selfish or unforgiving or have, or have exhibited any of those behaviors that are not in alignment with the word? Where did I drop the ball? And then make a decision now to resolve that quickly and to act on that plan. The Bible talks about the wrath of God, the coming wrath of God. Are we going to be the faithful ones? Like he mentioned in verse 17, then shall the lambs feed after their manner. Are we going to be like those faithful ones? Or are we going to be like the others that are mentioned in all the verses prior to it? From verse 7 onwards, so verse 7 to 16. That is a personal reflection each of us have to make to evaluate our lives and our Christian experience and then think about what am I going to do about it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that each of us are given that wisdom and that understanding through that, through that communion and that conversation with the Holy Spirit where he shows us all the areas of shortfall in our life, all the areas of misalignment and taking his cue from there taking his conviction, we are able to, with his help, rise again and build our spirit, bring it back into alignment on the path that you have set for us. That we are able to make straight our ways and we are able to walk in the light. We ask for that edification in our spirit, Lord. And as we pray for spiritual growth, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs. For all those requests that have been mentioned on our prayer group. We begin by praying for all those that are sick, that are in hospital, that will undergo surgery. All those that are battling COVID or any other life-threatening sicknesses. We pray for all families that are battling separation, that are battling divorce, that are battling infidelities or even the small little arguments in their homes, small little differences of opinion that have caused friction, that have caused unrest, that have stolen their peace. Let that home be filled by your presence, Lord. It is a very basis. The family is a very basis of what you have in plan for us. Will you Use that unit to enact your love for us by us representing the same love for each other. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. In your name, Jesus, we come against every such stronghold and in and in your authority, we declare every such chain, every such yoke over their lives broken, especially the ones, the lives of the ones that we now pray for. I'd like you to recall any one that you have been praying for at this time. In your personal prayer, take authority over that situation and declare those chains broken.
I'd like to pray in a special way for all the families of the Brisbane prayer group as well. And every member of each of these families. We put on our angels and we dispatch them on assignments today in accordance with our physical needs, but also our spiritual needs. We command them and we send them forth in the name of Jesus. As the voice of the word we speak. We plead the blood of Jesus over every member of each of these families, including our Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group family as well. We call on the angel of the Lord to encamp about us, to protect each one and to keep us safe during this day, this week and this month from sin, from harm, from danger, from accidents, from injury, from pilfering, from theft, from hijacking and from terrorism. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray also for our own personal needs and those of our families. Especially every member in our family and friend circle that has not yet received the gift of salvation. That they be blessed, that there be transformation, that they be renewal. Quicken them, O Father, that they shall call on your name. For unless you draw them in, they can't come to you. This is what your word in John 6, 44 says, Lord. We ask of you to quicken them. Your word in Psalm 80 verse 18 also says the same. Draw them in, Lord. Father, we thank you that you have heard us. That you always hear the prayer of our heart. And when we release our faith and speak your word, your Holy Spirit moves and hovers over that situation which looks void and formless. And everything that was lifeless, that was dark, is now given light. That was confusion and chaos, is now given order and shape and form. You are doing a new thing, Lord. You are renewing and transforming. And we believe that every prayer that we have made now in the Spirit, and we release it with our faith. That prayer must only come back as manifested, answered prayer. This is what we believe and what we have believed we receive, Lord, in accordance with your word. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute themselves and join in. Those that are praying for the gift of tongues, to please take that step in faith and release your faith, release your tongue, Start speaking a syllable and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Santa 
I'm telling you the same thing today. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Don't judge, do not be self-righteous. Look at me, look at me, my humility. Look at me, my fervor, my perseverance, my dedication to run the race. And bring all those who are tired, those who are weary. Come follow me, my children. Eat from my rich feast, my banquet. Eat the fatted lamb, eat the choice fruits from around my table. Fill your hearts with my word, meditate on it. Do not follow false gods. Do not follow the wealth, the power, the worldly riches, the knowledge, the status, earthly goods, but rather choose the narrow pathway. Come into the narrow pathway, come in through the narrow doors, the doors which lead to the throne of the Father. Come teach others to emulate my goodness, my charity, my joy, my peace, the sweetness of my spirit, my fragrance. Spread that fragrance to everyone you encounter. They will recognize the fragrance because it's only the fragrance that comes from me, from my word. Just as the grapes are crushed in the wine press to produce the choice wine, you will go through crushing times, tribulations, turbulence, turbulence within and without. Within, it might be from your own family circle and without, it can be from your peers, from your workplace. But don't be afraid, children. In the storm, you will find me. In the depths of the storm, you will find me because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Walk the narrow pathway and remember that I am with you always until the end of the age. I leave you with my peace and blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Glory be to your holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> we have a scripture that has been shared in the chat as well. This is from Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, where it is written. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. as we go about our new week and in fact every new day as well i'd like each of us to make bold confessions at the start of each day at the start of each week and the start of each month and what you want that month to bring for you find the word the scripture and speak it out you can confess in confidence this morning today i am winning souls for christ today god will meet my needs through his miracle supply of his five loaves and two fish, wherever that destiny helper is. Today, I expect God to bless me that I might be a blessing. And let him use all the talents and all the gifts, all those spiritual blessings that he has filled in me for his glory. 
And this one is very generic, but we can say things that are more specific to our life and our circumstances as well. Let us remember not to limit it to our physical needs only. Make sure that we take a cue from the parable of the vineyard and we are focusing on the bigger picture, the greater objective for our life. And that the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go forth and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Thank you, Russell. Russell. Thank Thank you, you everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you.